We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. Back in the house is our good friend Dustin Schutte from the Big Ten website, SaturdayTradition.com. Hey, Dustin, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's always a pleasure to be on the show, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Well, we're going to call this the Combine edition of our show. We talked earlier in the show about a lot of the Penn State guys, and I just wanted to hit you up, Dustin, about uh, the Big Ten in general and some of the names that Penn State fans are aware of and how they performed in the uh, Combine. And I know there's this sense that we as fans, probably we overreact to things at the Combine. And I'll, I'll give you the first example. Jahan Dotson, we Penn State fans expected him to run in the four threes. And I believe he ran a four four three, which means he was four one hundredths of a second away from a four three nine. And some Penn State fans are, he ran a slow 40. He didn't run a slow 40, did he? No, he did not. And that, that's, that's the nitpicky we get into some of these things, right? Like this, these, you know, four hundredths of a second and it's the end of the world. Uh, you know, that, that's how it's perceived. But that's how precise the NFL has become. You know, with all of this training, all of these drills, you know, you have to be at a certain level and if you're not at that specific time or that specific weight or you know arm length or you know there's just so many specific things that the that the NFL tries to do that uh, it makes us all overreact but John Dodson you know you can look at his 40 time and say eh, maybe he's not quite as fast as we thought but I thought his pass catching drills he did extremely well he was getting praise uh, plenty of praise for that um, and, you know, you just look at what he was able to do, vertical jump, broad jump, some of these other things. When you combine all that together, is four hundredths of a second really that big of a deal? Probably not. He's still going to be a really good receiver. He's still probably going to be a first or early second round draft pick in this year's NFL draft. It's, it's just crazy to think some of the things we, we, you know, if we were watching him on the field throughout the college football season, we would never have criticized him for anything like this. But because it's the NFL Combine and, and football's been gone a few weeks, that's what we tend to do. It, exactly. We miss it so much. But let's start with the wide receivers where the Big Ten is going to be well represented in the draft, and it starts with the, the Ohio State guys. And I specifically picked out that four one-hundredths of a second because you had um, Olave, uh, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson running four three nine and a four three eight. Uh, you you see that four three uh, on the numbers, and you say, "Wow, that's a fast guy." But it's also those three guys are three very good wide receivers, whether they broke that four four barrier or not. They're first round talents, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and you look at. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and to start, everybody thought Chris Olave's unofficial time was like a 4.26, something ridiculously fast. Uh, I'm not sure how that got to down to a 4.39, where he was then the third fastest receiver uh, in the Big Ten to run, but that, that's not he, either here nor there. But 
again, everybody, the thing that always amazes me is everybody seems to blow these 40 times. Like that's going to make or break somebody's uh, career in the NFL. I mean, I remember, you know, AJ Epinesa a few years ago, uh, obviously a different position group, but a defensive end who ran a really slow 40 time and everybody thought it was the end of the world. He's doing all right with the Buffalo Bills. He's, he's making some plays up there. So I think it's, it's good not to get so invested. Again, when you look at everything, I mean, go go watch Chris Olave through those pass catching drills. Look at look at how quickly he got off the line in that forty yard dash. Look, go back and look at some of his Ohio State clips. I mean, you can easily tell when a, when a player's a generational talent. Like the Big Ten is just loaded at the wide receiver position with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, John Dotson. Even we saw Bo Melton out of Rutgers step up in a big way. Um, I just think that when you put it all together, that these guys are, there's no doubt in my mind that Garrett Wilson and, and Chris Olave are first round draft picks. I, Jahan Dotson, in most of the mock drafts I've seen, he's another guy that appears to be a lock for a first round draft. Maybe he slips just a little bit to the early second round. But if he slips to the second round, Jim, somebody's getting an absolute steal uh, for their wide receiver position. Well, I, I think at the combine, you have, and we talked about this with Dustin Hawkinsmith, for some of these guys, Alave and Wilson are so good with their 40 times and the rest of the workout, they're just confirming what we already saw with our eyes. It's the other guys. You mentioned Bo Melton, who's not a guy you think of as, and I'm not sure if he's a great receiver or not, but when he runs a 4-3-4, you notice. And David Bell at the opposite end of the spectrum, was he not a 4-6-something? And it's like, uh-oh, Maybe David Bell doesn't belong at at the top rung. I think he'll be a later round pick, and he'll be a steal because other teams are going to say he's not fast enough. No, I completely agree with that, and a lot of was being made about David Bell. And you look at some of the metrics that were posted uh, through social media platforms and through some of these uh, through some of these publications, and it looks like David Bell is. You look at it; he's not maybe even a top 25 wide receiver in this draft class, uh, which is ridiculous because all he did was catch passes, um, score touchdowns, and, and look like Calvin Johnson on a college football field. So, uh, again, I think that we put so much stock into these numbers because, again, we haven't had football in a couple weeks. We have so many people telling us what's important, what's not important. Um, when, again, if you just look at these guys on the field, even Bo Melton, right, like, He's, he's a guy that I would put a little bit more stock in, as you mentioned, Jim, because he runs the fastest 40 time out of any Big Ten wide receiver at the Combine this year. He's a guy that I think can really bump up his stock because you look at Rutgers, they didn't have a good quarterback. They were really bad at the talent positions. They couldn't establish a, a deep field threat at any point. So he's a guy that I don't think he got quite the opportunities. When he did get those opportunities, he kind of flashed. For Rutgers, uh, but because they were so bad, because they had such poor quarterback play, and they didn't really have a guy who could throw the ball down the field, I think that you can put a little bit more stock into what he does at the combine because he didn't get the same opportunities as David Bell, as Jahan Dotson, as uh, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave, and some of those other guys at the receiver position. So I'm going to be interested to see how much Bo Melton's stock rises. I don't think he's going to, you know, jump up to be a, a day one or maybe even a day two pick. But you think back to Minnesota and Tyler Johnson, he was, what, a sixth-round pick? Um, and he's doing pretty well with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. So I think that Bo Melton can have that kind of impact where maybe he goes from undrafted free agent to sixth or seventh round. And uh, while that may not seem like a big difference, that's a, that's a pretty nice uh, difference in the pay stock, I can tell you. 
Let's look at a couple of the other positions. I thought defensive end was well represented, and you start with a couple guys from Michigan and the Penn Stater, Arnold Bikidi. How did the Michigan guys do? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, once again, Aiden Hutchinson, as you mentioned earlier, this is a great way to sum it up. He just kind of confirmed what we already knew, and that's he's kind of a freak of nature. He got knocked for his arm length at, at I think, 32 and 8 inches or whatever. Again, something we would never care about because you see him throwing Ohio State and, and Iowa offensive linemen. But I understand going to the next level when you have so many long-armed offensive linemen. It might make the game a little bit tougher for him. But when you see uh, just what he was able to do, his 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 athleticism, his speed off the line, his, his quick arm movements. I mean, he just has about every move in the book. And I think David Ajaba was one of those guys too. These, these guys are just freaks of nature. And so I think what you saw from them at the combine this year was just, again, you, as you summed it up, it, it's just confirming what we already knew. Um, there are some of those concerns I know about Hutchinson's arm length, but I, from what I've seen, when you're able to, to plow over to, uh, offensive linemen left and right throughout the course of a 12 game college football season, and this isn't the this is the Big Ten. This isn't the MAC. This isn't the Sun Belt. When you're able to do that in the Big Ten, that tends to translate to the next level. It it, it does it, exactly. And I thought that Hutchinson, Ojabe, their first round picks, probably no matter what happened. Although I saw Ojabe's number on the forty yard dash, and this is me now overreacting to it. But you have a a guy six four two fifty who runs a four five five. That's a pretty athletic player, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, it just shows, it, it, it solidifies everything that we, I mean, when you see what he was able to do on the field, Aiden Hutchinson gets a lot of the credit for what Michigan was able to do during their Big Ten title run. But David Ajabo is a big reason why Aiden Hutchinson was so successful. I mean, because you can't hone in on one guy. I mean, let's look at, you look at Purdue for a, for a comparison here. George Karloftis was probably one of the best defensive ends in the country this season, but Purdue had nobody else on the defensive line. So offensive lines could focus on him. The reason that they couldn't do that when they played Michigan is because you had a guy like David Ajabo, like a Chris Hinton. Um, you can't double team Aiden Hutchinson because David Ajabo is going to come right through there and he's going to get double digit sacks on the season too. So uh, again, what we liked, what is always interesting to me with this NFL draft is what do teams look for? Are they looking for a specific position or are they looking for athleticism? Because I think David Ajabo is the type of guy, much like we saw with Jesse Lucada up at Penn State this year, he can play the outside linebacker position. He can play the defensive end position. I think David Ajabo is one of those guys where, yeah, do we need him at outside linebacker? Do we need him on the defensive end? I think... He's one of those guys that could play multiple roles for a team. So it's going to be interesting to see what teams, what are teams looking for and where does he fit and, and how does that help his draft stock? And speaking of some of these measurements at the combine and overreacting, there's the center from Iowa, Lindenbaum, who our good friend Ross Tucker, who played offensive line in the NFL, I think he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I remember when Penn State was going up against Iowa, he said he thought he was the best center prospect he's seen in years. But apparently his arms aren't long enough, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the second knock, right? First Aiden Hutchinson and then Tyler Linderbaum. But, 
again, I go back to, and I, I understand that these things matter in the NFL because it's a game of inches. And if that means a game of inches in arm measurement, then that's, that's what that means, right? Uh, so I think that there is some validity to that. But at the same time, he was pushing guys around. I mean, good Lord, Jim, for the first five or six games for Iowa this year, there was a push to make Tyler Linderbaum a Heisman Trophy candidate because of, you know, he was the most important player on that offensive line uh, for what looked like the number two team in the country at the time. So I I don't put much stock into that. I know that it's going to be important. Maybe that hurts his draft stock, but I, I think that what Tyler Linderbaum showed on the field, his athleticism, he's got really quick feet. I think he's got the ability to be a really good NFL offensive lineman. And if you don't believe that, just look at the history. I mean, Iowa has consistently churned out really good offensive linemen. So I think he's developed well. I think he he proved to be the best center in the Big Ten last season and probably in the country last year. First team All-American. And again, he's doing it in the Big Ten. This isn't the MAC. This isn't the Sun Belt. This isn't the NAIA, he's doing it in the Big Ten and looked like the best center. I think that will translate to the next level for him. No doubt. And once more, whenever I see these guys who get a knock for arm length or something not quite as fast as all the other wide receivers, my thought always turns to, you know what? He may slip in the draft and someone's going to get a steal because I saw the way the guy performed on the field. Dustin, it went fast again, as always, but that has to be it for our show. Thank you all for listening, and be sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout.